and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. If you want to help us improve more, you can actually sign up for our Patreon and donate to that Mm -hmm. at the Kinky Tavern. Um, And you can send us questions or suggestions to any of the following. Yes. We're at the Kinky Tavern on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife. And that's all one word, the Kinky Tavern. We are also separately on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. And I am at pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. You can also join our Discord through our link tree or through um, messaging us and we'll send you a link. Yes. We'd love to have you engage with us and help us make this the best place to learn about kink. Yeah, and you can find us also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Almost all the places. The content that we discuss will likely be explicit. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Disney. And I am Pup Wrecker. And today we're going to be talking to you again about queer sex ed. Yeah. This is our 102 course. This might be an ongoing series, mini-series within the podcast if there's enough questions and interest in it. Mm-hmm. I do want to give a quick trigger warning. In this episode, we will be talking about queer sex, gender, sexuality, STDs and STIs, brief mentions of violence against LGBT individuals, mental health around sex, health care, and shame around sex. If any of these topics will bother you or cause you to go into a negative headspace, please go ahead and click out. We don't want to do that to you. Take care of yourself, and we'll see you next time. And now we'll get into it. Yeah. So next we'd like to talk about mental health with sex. Talking about brains, yo. Hormones and shit. Yep. So, first of all, testosterone. That's the key sex hormone for people who are assigned male at birth. It regulates fertility, muscle mass, fat distribution, and red blood cell production. Although it is the main sex hormone in AMABs, a.k.a. assigned male at birth, it also is present in lower amounts in AFABs. In assigned female at birth individuals, testosterone affects fertility, sexual desire, menstruation, tissue and bone mass, and red blood cell production. I have a condition, actually, where I create more testosterone than a typical AFAB person should. Testosterone basically does the same thing for Mm -hmm. both. But it affects AMABs positively and AFABs negatively. So because I have more testosterone, that lowers my fertility rate. It makes my cycle all totally fucked. So because I create more testosterone than most AFAB individuals, I mean, my cycle is totally fucked up. I have to take hormones every day now, actually, and I don't have a cycle anymore. I was on birth control starting from the time that I was in fifth grade simply because of the mood swings and periods that it would give me. Being a person with the condition is called polycystic ovary syndrome. It messed with my sexual desire in a positive way for a long time. I was, I had a very high sex drive for a long time. And now, unfortunately, partially due to my chronic illness and partially due to the hormones I'm on, 
I have a much lower sex drive. So it definitely affects a lot of things in both AMABs and AFABs. AFABs and AMABs all have testosterone, oh, yeah. estrogen, that, and that progesterone. They just have it in different levels. Yeah. So estrogen, although the majority of estrogen production comes from the ovaries, the adrenal glands and fat cells produce small amounts of estrogen too. Estrogen plays a critical role in reproductive and sexual development, which begins when a person reaches puberty. Some hereditary and other conditions can lead to high levels of estrogen in AMABs, which can result in infertility, erectile dysfunction, or gibberous, known as gynecomastia. AMABs with low estrogen levels may have excess belly fat and low libido. Of the three main hormones, testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone, progesterone is produced in the ovaries, the adrenal glands, and placenta. Progesterone levels increased during pregnancy for AFABs, and it also spikes during ovulation. Progesterone helps stabilize menstrual cycles and prepares the body for pregnancy. Having a low level of progesterone can lead to irregular periods and difficulty conceiving. It can also result in a higher level of complications during pregnancy. So progesterone is the main chemical in the medicine that I have to take, the hormone I have to take for my PCOS. I've basically been told that I'm not going to conceive while I'm on it. Um, And if I were to conceive, I need to go off of it immediately. So while hormones are natural and normal, they can also fuck your shit up. I also, I don't know a ton about transitioning because I uh, don't have any interest really in medically transitioning. um, And I've not really had a lot of conversations with people about medically transitioning. However, I do know that when you start medically transitioning and start hormones, it changes a lot of things. It changes so much physically. It changes you emotionally. It changes your sex drive and your sex ability. Sometimes you can't, as an AFAB, if you're on testosterone, sometimes you can't get wet. Sometimes you can't have sex. As a AMAB on estrogen, you can't get hard, can't have penetrative sex with your own penis. So yeah. Lots of stuff that hormones do. Um, I also wanted to talk about the shame that comes with sex and sex ed and the lack thereof. I was raised mainly in purity culture, which is incredibly harmful, and I'm sure that many of you know what that is. Purity culture is basically the conservative Christian ideal of abstinence until marriage. You are, your virginity is very tied to your identity and worth. As someone who lost their virginity non-consensually, that messed with my head a lot, having the purity culture kind of aspect in my head when that happened. Uh, So yeah, it's very harmful in a lot of ways. That's just the way that it specifically harmed me. One of the ways that it specifically harmed me. Uh, Poor Wrecker was in a conversation where Alan's world and I were talking about purity culture and... We all of a sudden looked over at him, and he was, like, almost in tears. Yeah, it was very sad and upsetting. <laughs> Sometimes we don't realize how fucked up our trauma is. <laughs> Especially yeah. when it's two people with the same trauma, just sh- shooting the shit about it. Oh, I did that to you earlier today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of do that to each other sometimes. Yay, neurodivergency. Yeah. Yay. Anyway, so sex does not indicate your value. No. Not having sex doesn't make you more worthy. Having sex doesn't make you more worthy. You are a worthy individual as you are. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
having as much or as little safe consensual sex as you desire is exactly what you should be doing. If you would like to have safe consensual sex, please do it. Yeah. Please. If as I mean, if you're of legal age, right? Well, consensual. Yeah. Yeah. Communicate with your doctors. Be a safe slut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we get tested every six months about. We get tested in between any partners or anyone we're fluid bonding with um, just to be safe. Even when it's just us and maybe a few casual protected encounters, we've still gotten tested. Mm -hmm. However, I will say you sometimes have to be very persistent and direct and not give a fuck what your doctor thinks because oh, yeah. my doctor's nurse, I called and left a message and asked for a sexual wellness testing panel to be done and I got the runaround for three different calls and then got sent to my gynecologist's office. Whereas Wrecker walked into the same doctor. We see the same family doctor. Mm -hmm. And he got sent to the lab immediately for a sexual wellness test. Like that day. Yeah. But then I like passed out. Because <laughs> I was yeah. already not feeling then good. He, then he passed out when they were trying to draw the blood. But that's a whole different story. I'm just happy they didn't break the needle off in my arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. Because that would not have. I would have not not have enjoyed that at all yeah. at all but you shouldn't <sighs> feel any shame towards your body your sexuality your gender we have enough of that shit without the added problems yeah you should be open to being familiar with your partner's body and your partner's body is probably going to have flaws on it that's that's how we mm -hmm. be and you should love and accept those flaws and yeah they're just another part of them. I mean, it, it, it's just communicate. Yeah. If there's something you want to know about their body, ask them. Yeah. Or if there's something that you think they need to know about your body, tell them. Mm -hmm. It's I mean, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Uh, you should be familiar with your partner's bodies, and it can make sex much more enjoyable and safe. Yeah. You should also avoid shame about toys. There is so much shame about toys being used in the bedroom. My virginity was taken non-consensually. I, if I have specifically penetrative sex at times, I can sometimes go back into the mindset that I did back then. And it's not a good thing. It causes a PTSD attack usually. There are times that I can have just plain penetrative sex just fine. But We've kind of worked on that. Yeah, it, it it's taken some work. It's taken yeah. years of work. But oftentimes I do use a vibrator, like a little wand, mm -hmm. on my clit. And I've had previous partners that that made them feel inadequate. And it really is not about, it's not about your dick being inadequate. It's about my brain needing different stimuli. And so many AFAB people need clitoral stimulation to get off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... So many AMAB people that I know struggle with that because it makes them feel inadequate because of that shame. And we shouldn't feel that. It's just something to help make sex better. Yeah. Why would you not want sex to be better? I don't know. I just, it's the, I guess it's kind of back to that toxic masculinity where mm -hmm. like, is my, my dick's not enough, basically. Mm -hmm. But that it's not that. It's the fact that that person is different than you, not only in how they identify as gender. Mm-hmm but how everything works for them. Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, the whole point of having sex is to have fun, and toys add to that fun no matter what. Yeah. So that's why, why <laughs> that's why they're called toys. <laughs> I don't think it's as common as much anymore using toys, but it, the shame, yeah. at least. But it, I just, there's no point in it. There's that's no what point I appreciate about you. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <clears throat> I do want to say as far as mental health goes, because of all these hormones, I I didn't throw in the hormones that occur while you're having sex, such as like oxytocin and stuff like that. And those can be very bonding, mm-hmm. very addictive, very... They, they can really do a lot to your mental health um, in positive ways and in negative ways. Uh, for a lot of people, it can like bond you to that person and make you feel... That's why I'm demisexual, because if I have sex with someone, it bonds me to them, and I feel differently about them, and it's... To me, sex is a completely different experience from getting to know someone and liking them. It's It adds to that experience, but it's it's a completely different experience. And so you should never consider having sex either for your first time or for the first time with someone or even at all anytime if you're not ready for it if you're not in the mood if you you know if you are questioning it because while virginity is a social construct and i never am like you know keep your virginity sex does change things in your brain it does and it can if you do it too early if you do it with the wrong person and you end up bonding with them, you can get heartbroken. And that's the only reason I say that. And not that you should avoid all heartbreak, but especially when you're young, I would just avoid having sex because it complicates things too much. But that's just me. I do want to say masturbation can really help you learn your body and learn how to orgasm or learn how to orgasm better so that you can communicate with your partner or partners what to do. Yeah, it's always better to learn about what your partner likes and dislikes. and like. What is okay to touch? What is not okay to touch? Definitely. Are, are there any, like, trigger spots or any kind of, like, if you have chronic pain or anything? Like, like y- there y- are spots on me that are very erogenous, and then there are spots that he can't touch because they hurt too bad. Yeah, so, I mean, just being familiar with your body and your partner's body, I it only helps... Make the experience yeah, better. Yeah, makes the experience better because you both know what you want. And you can play within those terms that you mm-hmm. both set out, basically. And explore more, even, and if you And explore more, yeah. And if you're familiar with your own body and your partner's body, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this later, you should report any changes to your doctor. Or, you know, if you notice a change in your partner, tell mm-hmm. them. Yeah. I did put that later in the healthcare section, so yeah. we'll talk about that. With masturbation, you can use toys or not. You can buy very simple toys mm-hmm. for fairly cheap, online or in a store. I would stick with medical grade silicone or similar, you know, good, safe materials. Um, I would actually recommend going to a store. Mm-hmm, like because, a sex shop. Because the people there, they know the products and mm-hmm. they will actually like help you out and help you get what you want usually for the most part. Yeah. At least that's what I've experienced and that's what I've heard from a lot of people. So. And as far as I know, they don't work on commission or anything, so they don't no, care what yeah. you spend. They're just going to help you find what you want and what yeah, they you need. Yeah, they just want to help you buy what you want and go. Yeah, almost every <laughs> person that I've known that works at a sex shop, they want to help you get off. That's their thing. That's why they work at a sex shop. Yeah. You can also use erotica or porn or even just your imagination mm-hmm. to kind of get you in the mood for masturbation. They have ASMR kind of guided things that are just audio if that makes you a little more comfortable. They have erotica that you can read and then straight up porn, of course. All online for free. Also, support sex workers. Yes. If you have the money too. (laughs) Yes, if you have the money, please support your sex workers. Sex workers work. Yes. Uh, Next, I wanted to talk about consent and negotiation. Fries. 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 So the fries model of consent 
is freely given, reversible, informed, enthusiastic, and specific. Yay! So, Daddy, can you break down what freely given means? This is a choice made by a consenting person without pressure or manipulation or under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Absolutely. What about reversible? So, that means that this is completely reversible. Anyone can change their mind if they feel like not doing whatever you have discussed doing. If at any point anything is not okay, it can be stopped. Yeah. Even if you've done it before, even if he's inside you, Mm -hmm. it does not matter. If you say stop, they need to stop. Yes. What about informed? So, informed means, did you just try and throw something? What did you just try and throw in my mouth? I didn't try and throw it in your mouth. I just wanted to hit your face. It just got really close to your mouth. What was it? Hey, peeled off pizza. Oh my god. Nail polish. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So what does informed mean? Informed is knowing the full story before someone throws a piece of nail polish at you. <laughs> and consenting to that. Or if someone says they will use a condom and then doesn't, that isn't full consent. That's it's definitely a consent violation. That's consent violation. Um, enthusiastic. So, when it comes to sex, you should only do stuff you want to do. You shouldn't feel like you're expected to do anything or feel like you're pressured into doing anything that right. you don't want to do. Absolutely. And specific. So. Specific. So, saying yes to one thing, like going into the bedroom to make out, does not mean that you want to go and have sex with them. Right. That does not mean that they can have sex with you. Mm-hmm. They have not asked for that. Absolutely. And you should communicate in real time. So, while you should talk about things beforehand and negotiate what's going to happen, you should also communicate mm-hmm. in real time about things. If you're not feeling great about what's happening, or if you've changed your mind, or if you want to take the next step. You know, you need to communicate in real time. You should agree on certain things beforehand, like how far you're going, what types of sex you're going to have, what protection you're going to use, and what limits you have. You should also talk about aftercare, such as water, food, cuddles, talking with one another, talking about what went right, what went wrong, Mm -hmm. and checking in the next day or two, just to make sure they're doing okay. Yes. I will say intoxication affects consent it negates consent you cannot consent if you are intoxicated yeah I would, point blank. I would say that that also includes like during sex as well because you were basically intoxicated a lot of the time during sex yeah so i absolutely understand what you're saying so like say you're having sex and you're in that moment and you're like intoxicated with those hormones and the guy asks can i take off my condom that is not a good time to consent to that. Yeah. You have previously agreed that protection is happening. That person in the moment is, there's a type of power exchange there, whether you want there to be or not. And it's not an appropriate time or place to ask that question. Yeah. Or anything like it. I wanted to talk about the terms top, bottom, and verse. Uh, these aren't necessary and the terms aren't permanent. You can change, you can be fluid with them. But they can help communicate the needs and desires that you want. Um, It's also useful in BDSM and kink to talk about whether you want a top or bottom or if you're a switch. So people can know what it is that you're looking for. Because I can guarantee that the people that are looking for male subs are different than the people that are looking for male doms. Yeah. I identify as a verse. Yeah. 
In relationships, consent is important as well. You need to communicate with your partners and set boundaries. If you're going to have sex outside of your relationship or have relationships outside of your relationship with your partner, you need to communicate and set those limits and boundaries so that you know where the limits are. Specifically, you should talk about the boundaries around safe sex practices, fluid bonding practices, and relationship practices. So who can this person have sex with? How can they have sex? You know, fluid bonding. How are we going to talk about fluid bonding when we exchange fluids with one another? What safety measures are we going to take at that point? With relationships, what type of relationships are we willing to get into? How far are we willing to go? Are we completely open to all types of relationships? Or do we only want casual sex outside of our marriage? That kind of thing. And that should be an equal discussion. I'm not going to talk much more about that because I'm sure we talked about that in our polyamory episode. And this one's already going to be a twofer. (laughs) So, AMAB means assigned male at birth. AMAB people have a penis, which is made up of nerves, blood vessels, fibrous tissues, and three parallel cylinders of spongy tissue. They come in all shapes and sizes, and curves are normal. Yes, mine doesn't curve. But I've seen a lot of them, and they some of them do curve, some of them don't. I've seen a lot of them. They can be flaccid or erect. They're flaccid, they're very little blood, and it's kind of droopy, just flabby. kind of. A.K.A. soft. Just kind of flaps around there. That's not the sound of his dick, by the way. No, that, no. It'd be much louder. I'm sorry, that was bad. So when the penis is erect, blood rushes into it and it gets harder. So there's not like any bone or anything in there. Nope, yeah. it's just blood. It swells up. It's just flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. So circumcision is the removal of foreskin covering the tip of the penis or the glands. I would not recommend this um, because that is, I mean, it's done when you're a baby, usually. Yeah, most or... of the time, especially in the United States, infants are circumcised automatically Mm -hmm. you basically have to request to say that you don't want your child circumcised but um from what i've heard well i I think they usually ask but i know a lot of the time the doctors don't know how much to cut or um but basically i think it used to just be the doctor would take the scalpel and just do a quick like of the outside but yeah if you are not circumcised though this is very important must be careful to keep the foreskin and the area around it clean. Yes, you can get horrible infections and lose your dick. Yes, you need to do your best to pull the skin back and clean as best you can. Make sure it's all clean in there. Mm -hmm. Because if not, then you can can lose your dick or you can lose your penis. Don't want to do that. Yeah. I will say that circumcision, from what I understand, often does lessen some of the pleasure. Mm Mm-hmm. That you experience with sex? It's, it's it's a kind of a touchy subject, I guess, for some guys. I But, like, I would say it does help in some ways, but it also can greatly decrease sensitivity. Hmm. Because, ultimately, you're getting rid of that skin. You don't have to worry so much about it getting, like, messy. That's mm-hmm. the main reason, like, we started doing it, I believe. Just because it's, it's easier to clean. Um, so it's more of a hygienic thing, but because we started doing that, people, I mean, the penis loses sensitivity in the head mm-hmm. because it's exposed. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a toss-up, really. But the fact that you're doing it to a baby Who that can't, can't consent, consent <laughs> is what's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can get circumcised later in life, but that's a, mm, no thank you, I'd rather not. But 
Yeah. Um, circumcision, not really recommended, but I can understand why it's stuck. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes, I mean, people are born with a lot of foreskin. Well, it's also a religious practice. That is true. Anyway, the penis also has the urethra, which is where sperm and urine come out. We have the testes that produce the sperm and are held in the scrotum, which is basically just a big flesh sack. Anus, that's your butt. And one thing that the penis-having person has that the vagina-having person doesn't have is a prostate. This is kind of, it's an organ that creates, it creates some of the seminal fluid in semen. Because it's, semen isn't just sperm. sperm. It's, it's, there's a lot of stuff in it. There's like three or four different things that make up semen. And prostate kind of generates some of that. And it is also a very sensitive, basically like a pleasure button. And it can be reached from going in through the anus. It's known as the P-spot as opposed the to the spot. AFAB G-spot. It, it creates pleasure when massaged, and it also allows... That's how the doctors check for prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And it's usually located about three to four inches inside the anus on the frontal wall towards the Towards scrotum. the penis, yes. Mm-hmm. So you go in and then, well, whichever way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Towards the penis. In and towards the penis. <laughs> And with AMAB people, there are several ways you can have sex. You can have sex with your hands, using your hands for hand jobs, or for, you know, having sex with your AFAB partner. Fondling. And also fondling. Sex is not just penetrative. Sex is... I consider sex basically anything from making out and touching on. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, because typically I'm not going to make out and fondle you unless we're having sex. So, so you can use your hands, you can use your mouth, you can get a blowjob. Uh, you've, of course, got your penis. Yeah. And your scrotum, mm-hmm. which can also be fondled, and your anus. And we're going to talk about anal sex a little bit later. So, as a person assigned female at birth, orgasms don't always happen easily, but they also don't have to be the goal, necessarily. Orgasms are great, but you can also have great sex without orgasms. Yeah. You can learn how to orgasm better, like I said, with masturbation and with your partner just becoming familiar with your body. Let me tell you, when your partner is familiar with your body, they can make you come a lot. A lot, a lot. Typically. If if you're that kind of person, I guess. What partner are you talking about? Oh, is it me? <laughs> are you done? Yes. In utero, everyone starts off with female sex characteristics. And so a clitoris grows into a penis. The head of the penis is what the clitoris used to be. Yep. So a clitoris has just as many nerve endings as the penis does, the head of the penis does. Mm-hmm. And your clitoris is not just that little nub that's on the outside. It goes up into the rest of your pelvic area. And you can look up like a diagram. And those areas can also be erogenous zones. Yes. During arousal with an AFAB person, the vagina becomes swollen and wet. The clitoris enlarges and swells and becomes very sensitive. The uterus and cervix are pulled up and backwards to make the vagina longer. Uh, Your breasts and nipples may swell and become larger. Your heartbeat and breathing increase. Oftentimes, your skin will flush. And then during an orgasm, your uterus, anal sphincters, vagina wall, urethra, and lower vagina all contract between 10 to 15 times per orgasm. And an orgasm can last from between about a second to about a minute. Some AFAB people can have multiple orgasms in an encounter. 
if you can't, that's there's nothing wrong with you. Some people can't, and that's just fine. Is that the contraction 10, 15 times? Is that scientific or like, that's, really? Uh, yeah, I found it in a health article. Wow, nice. Yeah. I, I try to keep resources very medical and academic. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. It makes um, sense, though. I mean, the whole point, part of having an organism is for reproduction. I mean, it's not necessary for it, but it helps mm-hmm. with reproduction. Mm-hmm. So, it just, it makes sense because it, it pushes mm-hmm. all this stuff. In, in, yeah. yeah, it milks you. Yep. <laughs> um, with AFAB sex, you can use your hands, your mouth, your clitoris, your vagina, and your anus. With your hands, you can... Of course, fondle and touch. You can touch the clitoris, and you can also finger someone. Put your fingers inside their vagina or their anus. With the mouth, you can eat them out. You can eat the clitoris and vagina out. You can also give them a little analingus, eat their butt, eat their ass like groceries. What? That's in a song. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. That's... It's, I can't remember who sang it, but it was like a mainstream song. Oh, my God. Anyway, so on to anal. So anal can be done by a person of any gender. Most people have anuses. Yes. Uh, most people have anuses that can be warmed up to be fucked. If you don't, again, absolutely no shame. Everybody's bodies are different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going to explore anal, you really need to take it slow. Like, people say that, but no, for real. You no, need yeah. to take it slow. If you do not take it slow or you don't stretch yourself right... You could end up with a torn rectum, a torn sphincter, messed up anal canal, like, just just don't. Yeah. You can really hurt yourself. And that's the same with vaginal sex as well. If you don't warm yourself up, you could result in a lot of tearing and hurt. Also use lube. I didn't mention that with AFAB people. Use lube if you need to. Not everybody can be a slip and slide. Yeah. So with anal, always warm up. Even if it's your hundredth time doing anal, you need to warm yourself up. Yeah. I mean, we did a whole episode on anal, but, I mean, we know the anus has two sphincters. Mm-hmm. One you control, one that you can't. So, in order for that to work as a viable option, that needs some needs some working. Mm-hmm. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> yeah, you just need to, I mean, it needs to stretch out a little bit. It can't just be immediate. It needs to be gradual. Yeah. Uh, lots of lube. The anus is not self-lubricating. It does not get wet on its own. Nope. You need to lubricate. Uh, don't use silicone with silicone, whether that's toys or condoms. Avoid using silicone lube with condoms. Avoid using silicone lube with toys. Yeah. Desensitizing cream is on the market, and it's marketed to be for having more pleasurable anal sex. However, it can be very dangerous. Pain has a purpose, and you should always listen to your body. There are some people that might have an extremely hard time relaxing and need that little extra bit of desensitizing. Just be very careful that it's not overpowering and that you can still feel what's going on so that you can determine if something's going on that's Mm -hmm. bad that needs to stop. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You start with a finger and then maybe two or three and then you can use toys. Uh, You should never use something that's not designed for anal sex. You should not use vegetables or... Foreign objects, just, you don't. There's plugs, there's toys on the market. They're not very expensive. And if you use something that's not meant to go up there, you could really hurt yourself. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people use, like, markers or Sharpies, things like that. 
Um, that's not, that's not good. Yeah. I mean, even if you're like cleaning it as best you can, that's still not, it's not designed to go in your body. Well, and certain things like that can have like seams on them and like, you know, irregularities and sharp areas. They can be sharp. They can cut you. They can, and it can be like a micro cut, but that can, I think that's a a huge infection. Having a micro cut in your ass, that's not good. Yeah. When you do graduate to a penis or a full size dildo, take it very slow. Don't rush. Don't go hard until you've gotten used to the stretch. Your anus can tear. You can damage your rectum. Don't fuck yourself up. Yeah. If your partner is not willing to take it slow, find a new fucking partner. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. On to healthcare. All right. A very relevant topic. Oh, yes. Avoid crisis pregnancy centers. Crisis pregnancy centers are fake Planned Parenthood type places which are completely anti-choice. They will shame you and make you listen to the baby's heartbeat and all this crazy shit to talk you out of having an abortion, no matter what your situation is. So avoid crisis pregnancy centers. They don't actually give you any fucking health care. If you do need health care, go to a Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthoods are very good. A lot of times you can find quote-unquote women's centers uh, mm-hmm. online, but Planned Parenthoods are typically like the best for especially non-conforming people yeah i know there's a couple good ones in the in the city near us mm-hmm. that are pretty good yeah you should also uh, we talked earlier about being familiar with your body and your partner's body you should be self-checking and checking your partner mm, if yes. you go to preventcancer.org slash program slash check dash your dash mate i'm going to link it in the description, description. box Uh, That is going to walk you through how to check yourself and your partner. Now, we should probably brush up on that, but we just basically know each other's bodies and we try to be cognizant of any changes and let each other know if that happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, If we notice anything that's irregular or changing or, you know, something like that. Um, But you should definitely be checking yourself as well. Yeah. And know how to do that. Yeah. And we're talking about, like, the breast cancer and testicular cancer mainly. I apologize, yeah. Yeah. I mean any other And skin cancer because skin you cancer can too, yeah. a lot of things with like discoloration or moles that are changing or stuff like that you can notice and they could be signs of cancer. Yeah. Okay, so hygiene. You should always pee after sex. AFAB or AMAB, pee after sex. You have introduced bacteria into your urinary tract. Just by all the friction and fluids and stuff that's going on down there. And if you don't pee, you can risk the bacteria going further into your urinary tract and creating a urinary tract infection or even a bladder infection. And those fucking suck. So pee after sex. Yeah. It's always best um, to do that for an AMAD person. It's I think it's more of like just getting... I mean, it helps flush everything out of there anyway, whether it's bacteria or not. Sorry. Well, AMAB people can get bacteria in their urethra as well. I know, but that's what peeing after flushes all that out. Yeah. Or it helps flush it out, at least. Yeah, exactly. Um, You should also wash your body regularly. Yes. I will say, though, vaginas are self-cleaning. Don't put soap in it. If you put soap in it, you're going to fuck up the pH balance. Even if it's that pH balance soap, that's not real. 
That is not medically accurate. If you put soap in it, it's going to mess up the pH balance and it's going to mess up your flora and fauna that goes on naturally in there. You can, of course, clean around it. You should clean around it, but don't put soap inside it. Well, I'd say the same for, like, uncircumcised people. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, probably. If you feel the need to give your vagina an extra clean, you can use your fingers in water. But I would not suggest douching with anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Even water can mess up your pH level just by changing things. Typically, as long as you leave it alone, it's going to be fine. You're not going to... If you start, you know, having any different smells or your discharge changes... Um, discharge is normal throughout your cycle it's going to change a little bit but if it changes in color and is really weird and something you've never seen before or it increases in amount or the smell changes call your doctor call your gyno i would also say with bareback anal you have to be very careful not only with stds but also with infections Uh, fecal matter can get lodged in the urethra if you don't use Mm -hmm. condoms Yes. Uh, and it can, that bacteria can really cause a bad infection. So be sure that you are very careful. I would even suggest that if you're going to do anal, you should probably use a condom anyway, just because of that. Yes. However, I know that a lot of people enjoy bareback anal. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you you can't do that, of course. Just be careful and make sure you pee afterwards and that you clean yourself. Um, And also with anal, shit happens. We had a whole episode on anal, but shit happens. Don't shame people. Mm -hmm. That's literally where shit comes from. And if shit comes from it, that's what it's supposed to do. So uh, if you're cleaning out, be very careful with your enemas. If that's what you're doing, do your research. Listen to our anal episode. Yeah. Um, It's best just to go to the bathroom, have a high fiber diet, take a poo before you're going to have sex, and then use your finger to clean out a little bit. And a little bit in the, with some water, mm-hmm. um, preferably like fresh, clean water. Yeah. Um, if you have a bottle of water, that's even better because it's like filtered. Yeah. Um, Contraception and protection. So this is like one of the very few things that they actually talk about in sex ed. Usually. And not even... Not even very much. Not even comprehensive at all. Oh, no. Because there's, there's more than just condoms out there, people. Mm-hmm. There is. So, condoms are free at your local health department, typically, and at Planned Parenthoods. Yep. Um, you might be able to find other places that give them away for free. I know that there are certain sexual wellness charities in uh, the city that we're near that also give them out. So, you might just have to do a search and see who in your area might provide those. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places that do give them out. I know that a lot of the gay bars and gay clubs just have them Oh, out. yeah, I forgot about that. Yep. Um, uh, they just have condoms and lube out for free for whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that's a thing for gay bars. I don't think it's a thing for regular, like your normal bar. I've never but... seen them at a not gay bar. <laughs> yeah, but um, at <laughs> least all the gay not bars that... All, all the gay bars we've been to have had... Um, just like Bowl basically condoms. bowls of condoms yep. <laughs> and lube. Um, but yeah, uh, trying to think if there's anywhere else that have them. A lot of times you can ask your, can you ask your doctor for them? Sometimes I used to go to a doctor that like when you went into the bathroom to give your urine sample, there was mm-hmm. a huge bowl of condoms there. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I think they have that at, yeah, they have that at our, at our. Do they? I didn't know. I think that. there's a, yeah, I think there's a bowl of. That's awesome. Early little basket thing. I'm sure you could ask your doctor or ask them where they might suggest you get them. Yeah. Um, if you're not able to afford them. But guys, listen, if you're not able to have safe sex, you really shouldn't be having sex. 
A female condom is one that the AFAB person wears in their vagina. Yeah. Um, you can even put it on, like, before dinner, and then you can role play like you're doing bareback, but you're really not. Nice. I will say that female condoms and regular condoms don't protect you from skin-to-skin contact, which can cause herpes. Yeah. Can contract herpes through that. Um, there are also dental dams, which are like a sheet of latex that you use to put in between yourself and someone that you're eating out. <laughs> um, that can be used for a vagina or an anus um, or whatever you're doing, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you should make sure that in any of these condoms that there are no tears or holes in the packaging or in the product, that they are kept in moderate temperatures. Don't keep them in your car. Don't keep them in your wallet. That makes them bad. Yeah. Yeah, the different changes in temperature can really mess with the latex and cause tears. And even though you open it up, it doesn't look like tears. It might weaken, it might yeah, break it can weaken during it. And... It's just not good. Yeah. Um, you should also check the expiration date on every single individual yes. foil pack. Yeah, we always, well, we'll usually, when you, usually when you buy them, like anymore, they last a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But I'd still go ahead and check it just to make sure. Since they do last for years, um, they're usually kept around for a while. So Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. and there's been times that we've gotten a horde of condoms from somewhere, and through the years we have to go through them. Because and... we haven't used them, mm-hmm. or we got some new ones by chance from somebody else, and we used those first by accident. And yeah. yeah. Eh, it happens. Um, I do want to cover, as far as contraception methods, the pull-out method does not work. Pre-cum is a thing. Yes. Pre-cum starts before the penis is even completely hard. Yes. And there is semen present in pre-cum. So even if you are pulling out before you ejaculate, you are still inserting semen into the person's vagina or anus. Um, birth control pills are another option. Yes. There are, of course, problems with efficiency and problems with side effects to any of these types of things, except for condoms, really, um, unless you're allergic to latex, like me. Uh, and even then, I would have sex with a condom before I would have sex without one, unless I'm fluid bonded to the person. Uh, there's also IUDs, which are intrauterine devices. They are implanted into the uterus. Do your research. There are also vaginal rings, birth control implants, and birth control injections. And again, all of these have their own side effects, their own efficiency rates. Make sure that you talk to your doctor in detail. Make sure you do your own research and make sure that it's going to be something that's right for you. Yeah, a lot of those are specifically for birth control. Um, there is also PrEP as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, PrEP is a pill you take to prevent, uh, the contraction of HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. It's a very good, it's like 99.99% effective, I believe. Yeah, they suggest it for people that have AIDS and are with someone that doesn't. Yeah. They've... They've gotten AIDS to the point where if you contract it, it can be caught early, actually. If you think you've contracted, you can actually get PEP, which is post-exposure prophylaxis, Mm -hmm. which is like a preventative after a potential exposure. Basically to try to kill the virus before it infects you. Before it reaches too much of your body. Mm -hmm. Um, But PrEP also, it's it's like pre-exposure prophylaxis. That's what it stands for. Sorry. Mm -hmm. So if you take it every day, you already 
protected against it. Um, I've I've heard there are some interactions with it, but nothing that's too terrible. Yeah, from what I've heard from like the different medical communities, it's like a miracle drug. Yeah, I need to get with my doctor or get online and figure out how to get it. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> so with sexually transmitted diseases and infections, we need to destigmatize them. Yes. So many people, 20 million people, like we said at the beginning, in the United States are going to be diagnosed with a new STD in one year. That's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. We need to destigmatize it so that we can talk about it, we can treat it, we can go to the doctor when we're worried about it. These things are scary for people that have been taught that stigma their whole lives. So if we destigmatize it and we talk about it, it becomes less of a taboo and more of a medical condition to see your doctor about and not something to be shamed about. Yeah. You can contract STDs even if you're not having penetrative sex. Two people that have vaginas can contract STDs from one another. Two people that have penises can contract STDs from one another. I heard that that's a very big misconception in a lot of queer communities is that you can't contract STDs having same-sex relationships. Really? But yeah, anything where bodily fluids touch your skin or membranous areas, anything where a uh, herpetic sore might touch your skin or a membranous area, a membranous area is your mouth, nose, vagina, anus, etc. Um, even kissing can contract certain STDs. So just know your partner's status. Be open with your own status. If you're afraid to bring it up, then you're not ready to have sex. Yeah. I have my results on my phone. I can be like, hey, these are my test results. When was the last time you got tested? You know. Actually, it's probably about time we get tested again. It is. I, I was it's... just thinking about that the yeah. other day. So back oh. to protection. With cunnilingus, you can use dental dams or you can use condoms that you cut the ends of and unroll it into a sheet like a dental dam. Yes. With fellatio, you can use a condom. And fellatio is a blowjob. Cunnilingus is eating out a pussy. Uh, with toys, you should use condoms, but you should also use toy cleaner. Make sure that you clean your toys. Yes. Um, if you can't use toy cleaner, make sure that you're using an antibacterial soap and that you're drying it and storing it correctly. Make sure that you get medical-grade material and don't use foreign objects. Yes. No markers. No remotes. No... Toothbrushes. Toothbrushes. Or corn. I, I don't know. No weird stuff. Don't put weird stuff in your butt. I mean, people are into food play, though. Okay, but you can find a fucking eggplant-shaped dildo. I'm, I guarantee yeah, it. Yeah, there, there are. They're also eggplant-colored. <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> I wonder how big they are. The, the size of an eggplant. Ooh. Yeah, you can look them up. We can find them later. Okay. You should also wash your hands before and after sex. You should have your yes. nails filed down if you're going to finger or touch anybody in certain places that are more sensitive, mm -hmm. such as vaginas, clitoris, anus, scrotum, etc. You should be aware of fluid transfer if you're having sex with multiple partners or if you're having sex with your partner and then you touch yourself. That is a fluid transfer. Um, you can also wear gloves because those can be easily removed and put back on. I wear gloves when I am fingering an ass because it protects the... With a vagina, I feel like my nails are short enough that I can angle it right and be okay. But with an ass, it's just so much more dangerous. It's so much tighter and it can be cut so much more easily. And it's so dangerous that I just don't take that risk. <laughs> and as we said, get tested regularly every six months. Sex workers get tested every week. 
So if you're going to fuck like a porn star, get tested like a porn star. You should get tested after any unprotected sex or protection slip, such as if your condom breaks or if you get drunk one night and have sex without a condom, which you shouldn't do. You should also do that before you have sex with any other partner. So as soon as that protection slip or unprotected sex happens, you let your partners know, hey, I need to go get tested, this happened, blah, blah, blah. You get tested, you share your results, and then you can continue having sex as long as you're negative. If you are positive, disclose to anyone who may be affected. Yes. That's any casual sex partners that you've had in recent times since you think you've got it. Even go further back to be safe. Just make sure that you disclose it to anyone that might be affected because they need to get tested as well. Uh, you should also work to- with your doctor towards treating it. So many STDs nowadays are curable if, you know, treatable if not curable. Like Wrecker was saying, HIV and AIDS used to be an absolute death sentence. And while it is still an autoimmune disorder and it is still very scary and serious, you can bring your viral load down so low that you can't infect anyone else. Yeah. You can bring your symptoms down so low that you're protected from being sick as much as possible. Yeah, you and... can you can have HIV and be undetectable. That's mm-hmm. like it's a specific term in the gay community. But if well, you're... not just the gay community, cause but also I mean in general, AFABs yeah. can get AIDS too. Yeah, but if you're undetectable, you can't give the virus to someone else. Right. And they can't contract it from you. Mm-hmm. So it's gotten to the point where we've got it under control, but it still is a disease that affects people. Mm-hmm. Greatly. Absolutely. Yes, you should. even though STDs are treatable, some are curable, and you can live with certain ones for a long, long time, you should still be very careful. STDs are still serious, and they can change the way that you have sex. Mm-hmm. So just to make things easier, try to avoid them. But if you get them, they're not that big of a deal. Don't stigmatize people that have them, period, point blank. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say before we move on to questions? Um, no. Okay. I don't think so. So we covered Moon Goddess's wonderful, wonderful input earlier, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's ridiculous, by the way. Yeah. That's so fucked up. (laughs) God, I'm sorry. (laughs) Sent home with a parental permission slip to talk about AIDS. AIDS equals death. Sex equals AIDS equals death. And then her parents still wouldn't sign that. We have another question from bratty prison girl Jessica. How do you handle when sex has always been a taboo subject or not discussed? Oh, interesting. I would say just start talking about it. Yeah, sex do is... Do you research? Sex is going to be awkward. Yeah, it's always awkward. For me, it's awkward pretty much every time. With Wrecker, it still can be awkward sometimes. Oh, yeah. And we've been together for six or seven years. Of course, he makes it really awkward a lot of times. Yeah, that's mostly me making it awkward. He's Un- really good at that. A lot of times unintentionally, but... I'd say it's about half and half. Yeah, yeah, I'd say maybe even like 60-40. Which way? Don't tell me. <laughs> so yeah, you just, if you have questions, you can ask your friends or people that are leaders in your community. You can look them up online. You can watch YouTube videos about sex ed. You can listen to podcasts about sex ed. If you trust someone enough to have sex with them, you should trust them enough to talk about sex with them. And there are ways to start out. Like, there are yes-no-maybe lists. There are mm-hmm. big consent Excel documents that are tons of pages long talking about what you want to do, what you like, what you dislike, what you might want to do, etc. So, I mean, that's a starting place. And, you know, like I said, sex is awkward, I think, for everybody at every time. Or maybe that's just me. But it's always awkward for me. But it's also good. 
it's also very good. Well, and I kind of want to say, like, from a societal standpoint, sex is always seen as something that's been taboo, basically. Oh, yeah, definitely. But each person is individual and unique, so why should you care what society is forcing on you, basically? And I understand that, and, like, I've gotten to the point that I don't care, but it's taken a long time to work through a lot of, especially, like, purity culture type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it That's just really harmful, and I think a lot of people, even outside of the quote-unquote purity culture, have been indoctrinated with abstinence-only stuff. I mean, 30 fucking states out of 50. That's what they teach. So obviously people have been damaged by this education, by this curriculum. And or I don't even want to call it education. By this curriculum. And... Yeah, it's not okay. It's not okay. And it's messed a lot of people up in the way that they... Their relationship with sex. And that sucks. It just takes some introspection and work. If you can get into therapy and work with a therapist on it, that could be really helpful. A sex-positive therapist. There are some that are not. Or if there's things like, if there are people out there who listen to this and they don't know what to do, like you can reach out to us and talk to us. Mm-hmm. We'd love to hear your story and your experience. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just because by us hearing and learning about your experience, that increases our knowledge of like how, like expands our knowledge of the individuality and uniqueness of humanity, basically. True. And it also lets us know what our audience needs. Yeah. That's, I'm going to plug right now. Please join our Discord. Please, 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 pretty please join our Discord. Because we would love to hear from you what you need to know, what you want to know. Yes. Where you want to learn, what you're liking about our podcast, what you're not, what you're getting from it, what you're not. We want your feedback because this is to help people. If this isn't helping somebody, then there's no point. Yeah. So please let us know. Help us help you. Join our Discord. It's not super active, so you're not going to get a ton of notifications, but we're also, like, I'm always at home. I'm disabled, and I'm always at home, so if you are interested in talking, shoot a message in it, and I'll talk back. Oh, yeah, and I probably will, too, because... Yeah, a lot of us will. Yeah, our Discord is, sadly, pretty quiet. It but, is. I'd I mean, like for it's... it to be more active, but I struggle with encouraging engagement Especially when I myself struggle to be engaged with life on a day-to-day basis. Thank you, chronic illness. So yeah, join our Discord. Jester Frankie says, My mom says sex ed starts with teaching babies, their fingers and toes, and they belong only to them. Consent begins with if you want to hug or not. I absolutely agree. I think that as soon as children reach the age that they're speaking, that they are, you know, learning full sentences... I don't think that vagina and penis should be their first words. No. But I do think that once they are of an age that they can understand their body parts, if they're learning their head, shoulders, knees, and toes, they need to learn their vagina and penis too. Yes. That's just how it is. And they need to learn that, you know, mommy and daddy can touch this to clean you. Your doctor can touch this to help you. But they should never be in a room with you alone. They should never do this when it's an appropriate time. Like, explaining to them some of the nuances, of course, as age-appropriate. So that Mm -hmm. they can let you know if they've been touched inappropriately. So many sexual assaults and sexual molestations of children happen by people that are close to them. Family members, family friends, babysitters, teachers, doctors, and they trust those people. So if they don't have the language to tell you and communicate with you, that's going to make them even more scared to tell you. So make sure that they have that language to eliminate some of that possibility of the fear 
so that they can tell you and be open about it. And you should also avoid shame for that same reason. They should not be shamed for touching themselves. If they're touching themselves, that's completely normal. But we can't touch our penis in the living room. You need to go to the bedroom and close your door, please. Stuff like that. Just as age appropriate. Yeah. And you can read books. You can talk to doctors about what that means. Um, Of course, some doctors are going to have different ideas and some books are going to have different ideas. But do your research and find something that works for your parenting style. But I think that it's very important to teach consent and anatomy early to avoid problems. Yeah. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Sorry, I went on a little rant. No, you're good. I used to work as a case manager, and I knew a lot of cases that this advice was not taken, and bad things happened. That's why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. So, yeah. On that lovely note, Daddy, do you have a daddy joke to end our show today? I do. And actually, I really like this one. If I can just pull it up. There it is. I haven't heard this one yet. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to like it. Based on your reaction, I think I will too. Okay. It's going to be really bad. Like it always does. <laughs> All right. You're a bad guy. Huh? Duh. All right. Why did the hot dog vendor fail sex ed? Why? He didn't know what condiment 